You're listening to Yes to Employment, a podcast series that seeks to improve competitive integrated employment outcomes for transition-aged youth and young adults with intellectual and developmental disabilities. Today, the Yes Center's Dale Verstegen and Laura Owens talk with Kelly Hess and Tricia Jones-Parkin of the Utah Partnerships and Employment Project at the Utah State University's Center for Persons with Disabilities, and Lavina Grippentrog, a transition specialist at the Utah State Board of Education, about how they use the National Technical Assistance Center on Transition, or NTACT, to facilitate employment for people with disabilities in the state of Utah. Stegan and Laura Owens here uh, interviewing uh, Trisha Jones-Parkin, who is the Employment First Program Administrator at the Utah Division of Services for People with Disabilities. We also have Kelly Hess, who is the School to Work Program Manager at the Utah Division of uh, Services for People with Disabilities. And we also have Lavinia Grippentag, uh, who is a Transition Specialist with the Utah State Board of Education. Welcome, all of you. Thank you so much for getting up early in the morning to help us with our podcast today. Um, So the first question that we wanted to ask you to think about is, what is the impact that NTACT has had on your state to help you reach the goals for transition-aged youth to reach their employment outcomes? Hi, this is Lavinia. I frankly can't imagine how we can move forward with transition without NTACT. It has really been our, our go-to um, platform and support to, to drive our, our annual transition institute that we model actually after the CBI NTACT um, Institute. I, I also um, always look to NTACT for what other states are doing, um, best practices in transition, I use the resources um, that NTECT um, has on their website, such as the, the Transition Assessment Toolkit. Um, I use the Indicator 13 checklists frequently. I've also used um, the case studies also for um, transition planning. I, I use those a lot in my professional development for our lo- our, our LEAs. Um, and so it really is my, my go-to. Um, I also really enjoy the, um, the communities of practice and it has put me in touch with other folks in other states that are that are doing things that we also um, are looking at doing. For example, um, Priet's contracts and with LEAs, and so there are some neighboring states that have um, provided me some samples um, of of scopes of work and contracts for Priet's that have been really useful for us. Mm-hmm. This is Trisha Jones Parkin, and with DSPD, and I, uh, from my perspective, uh, as a on a, a service agency that is a partner, a collaborative partner with the Utah State Board of Education. We have used the opportunities um, with the Intact Institute to educate um, transition educators around the state about adult services and understand changes in in our laws. So when we had Employment First um, rollout in Utah, we were able to use the Institute as a way to help people understand that and what expectations were. When the settings rule, came out really helping teachers understand what they need to be preparing students for and help changing those conversations. It's also been a platform for us to collaborate and have some other opportunities. Um, as, as we've rolled out different pilots, we've talked about customized employment. We've, I think I've presented or shared information or been a partner um, at that institute 
for, for at least the last five years that I can think of. So it's been very a great opportunity. This is Kelly Hess. With the School to Work Project, um, we partner very strongly with um, different school districts across Utah. And I think um, just our participation and involvement in the um, Transition Institute has been really good. It's, it's a way for us to be able to kind of connect with different districts and get to know them and kind of get a feel for what what they're currently doing with transition and um, kind of just make connections and let them know about the project and um, kind of spark some interest there if they're looking to um, apply to participate in our project. Good. So you've, um, you've brought up a lot of different kinds of resources and ways that you've used uh, intact resources. Um, uh, for those that will be listening to this podcast from other states, uh, where do you suggest they get started? You know, because you've kind of probably used these resources over time and found some to be uh, timely and useful. So if somebody's starting to work with intact, um, maybe even isn't uh, a, a state that's getting intensive types of technical assistance right now, where do you think they should start? I would suggest, I really like, there's an evidence-based practice matrix that's on NTACT, um, and and I've, I use that a lot. It's, I think it's really powerful to look at what kinds of evidence-based practices really produce better outcomes for, for students in transition. So I think that's a great starting point, and, and looking at, you know, how many of those are you currently using in your state, and, and, and where do you maybe, where are you lacking? And so starting there, and then looking at the archived webinars to see kind of what um, topics, you know, match those things that you want to implement in your state or strengthen in your state. Um, so I would, that, that would be a, a starting point. I also love how, you know, if you have a particular question about something in, 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 on the NTAC website, you can, I mean, I've typed in, you know, all kinds of things and they, they get back to you. And, and so you get kind of get that one-on-one -on -one support as well. Um, we've used June Gothberg quite a bit. She's really been our, our support person, um, especially when it comes to the planning tool and has provided us support for our team leaders for our Transition Institute, when we do a team leader training webinar, they've provided us um, some really nice supports, not only around the tool, but just even the whole, um, the process of the Institute and the reason that it's that it's structured the way that it is. Um, and then also, um, I think again, those, the toolkit and, and those resources um, can be really useful at the LEA level and also at the state level. I would just say as a state agency partner, right, you know, the, the districts or the, the education department is the one taking the lead on getting involved in that. But as a state agency partner, I think it's really important to recognize that we all have a role to play in making sure transition services are effective and recognizing that we all need to do things that align with um, and, you know, support what's aligning with what the student is working on. So, you know, for example, if a person um, with most significant disabilities has waiver services in their after-school program and, you know, that those services are also supporting some of those goals and that everybody is working together to really maximize and, and look towards those the best outcomes for those students. Um, and I think it's really important for the, the DD agencies to understand their role in that. It's not just a handoff. Everybody needs to be working at the same time to get that that student where they need to be. 
So you, you've used a lot of the universal technical assistance, so the website and a lot of the toolkits, but you're also a targeted technical assistance state. Can you talk a little bit about what supports are, are provided through the tar- targeted technical assistance? So I think um, for the most part, it's that access to June for, for on my end, especially. And um, I know we've, we've had some challenges with our Transition Institute. We have a lot of new LEAs. We have a lot of new charters. We have a lot of new staff in general in special education. And so we kind of, we kind of, came to a point in our planning where we needed to do some things differently. Um, and so June has been really wonderful in, in helping us figure that out. And and, we, and I think it's a constant challenge, too. We have new staffing in, in the different agencies, so in VR and also in DSPD and our providers. So we're it's a, it's a challenge to bring the new folks kind of up to speed and at the same time provide what those um, individuals need that have been coming to our Transition Institute for the last four or five years. Um, and so it's just been really nice to have that that support and that technical assistance from from intact um, and and also I, I just think it's um, that some examples of how different states do braided funding and we've really used some of those examples and been able to implement those in our state as well so for this podcast we have uh, a representation from uh from the education agency as well as the agency that provides services to people with disabilities. Could you talk a little bit about that interagency collaboration and, and you know, has, uh, has uh, the intact uh, technical assistance uh, played a role in a- interagency collaboration? I would definitely say yes. Um, I've been in transition about 13 years, um, and most of those years were as a teacher, and I was always very interested in, in collaboration at the local level. Um, and then when we started the institutes in our state, it was the first time that I saw at the state level uh, the transition specialist from our state board working so closely with the VR transition coordinator and doing trainings together where we were actually in the same room um, working together. So um, it, it, I think it's been a wonderful relationship. And I think without NTACT, I don't think that would have happened. Mm-hmm. And it really has strengthened, I think, the relationship at the state level between agencies, but also at the local level. Um, and it's it's been really neat to see that. And I think NTAC has been a, a huge part in supporting that. From my perspective, and I was not involved in those initial plannings with the Institute, but certainly participated as a presenter and sharing information, but I would say um, from the DD agency, it's also strengthened um, as a result of the the institute and the emphasis on um, everybody, you know, needing to come together. You know, I, I focused on employment for people for years, but I didn't always think about the students and, and really making sure those connections happened until um, really kind of the institute and, and the bringing the collaboration that happened as a result of that. Um, and then... Kelly, if you want to talk about the local level piece. Yeah, with the School to Work project, um, we are currently working with eight different um, school districts, and um, there are project demonstration sites, and um, within each of those sites, we have teams of people, and those teams consist of uh, multiple partners, but um, especially uh, teacher, local teachers at our schools and VR counselors, and that relationship is so important for the work we're doing in this project. It's very collaborative, and it's all focused around um, helping transition age youth with more significant disabilities be able to have um, employment opportunities before they exit school. 
Great, thank you. So thinking about the future um, and looking at maybe Untact not being around or uh, just thinking about your future, even if Untact is around in the future, um, what are your thoughts on sustainability for the work that you have been doing um, with the support of Untact? How, how would you as a state sustain the work that you're doing, the collaborative efforts with VR and DD and education and um, kind of move your goals forward to, to make sure that kids with disabilities leave with employment I think that it will be it would be difficult without that support um, and that and that platform to you know to share ideas and to and to have that that backup um, I mean I think we have strong relationships between education VR um, and the RDD agency and also even workforce services we, we involve them in the school to work project so I, I would like to think that we could sustain that but I, I certainly worry that um, that would be difficult we don't have a lot of resources in our, our state that would provide that kind of support. So it would be hard to imagine moving forward without the support of NTAC. I would agree. Um, I, as, as you posed that question, I was thinking about, okay, we're, you know, we're also getting resources from ODEP. We have a, a partnership and employment systems change grant. Um, we also recently got intent language that came from our legislature that is focused on transition. So I would certainly think that that would be the way that we would say this is what we need and these are the resources that we're currently getting to make it happen um, if that was something that we had to do. I, I mean, I believe that everyone recognizes the value of, of what is happening as a result of the intact, uh, inst the work, and, and so we'd have to figure out a way to make it happen because I think it is very vital um, just, you know, based on the, what's happened as a result of it. Great. Well, thank you, Lavinia, Kelly, and Trisha for your time this morning, and um, have a great rest of the time at the Capacity Building Institute. Thank you. You've been listening to Yes to Employment, a podcast that seeks to improve competitive integrated employment outcomes for transitioned-aged youth and young adults with intellectual and developmental disabilities. Today we spoke with Kelly Hess, Trisha Jones-Parkin, and Lavina Grippentrog about the National Technical Assistance Center on Transition, or NTACT. For more about NTACT, visit transitionta.org. For more about the Center for Persons with Disabilities at the Utah State University, from where the Utah Partnerships and Employment Project is run, visit cpd.usu.edu. For more about Yes to Employment, including show notes, links to the resources discussed, a complete transcript, and a schedule of episodes, visit yes2employment.org slash podcast. You can subscribe through iTunes or your favorite Android podcast app to have the series delivered automatically to your device so you never miss an episode. If you enjoyed today's episode, please give us a rating on iTunes. Ratings will help us get the series in front of more listeners. Yes to Employment is a production of the Youth Employment Solutions Center, the National Training and Technical Assistance Center that serves as a hub of information and expertise for the Partnerships and Employment Project. The YES Center is a collaboration of TASH and Transcend. You can learn more about TASH at TASH.org and more about Transcend at Transcend.org. That's T-R-A-N-S-C-E-N dot org. You can receive updates from the YES Center on this podcast and our other activities by following us on Facebook or on Twitter at yes to employment Partnerships in Employment is a series of seed grants funded by the Administration on Community Living's Administration on Intellectual and Developmental Disabilities, made to states for the purpose of transforming state disability support systems to competitive integrated employment. 
AIDD is dedicated to ensuring that individuals with intellectual and developmental disabilities and their families are able to fully participate in and contribute to all aspects of community life in the United States and its territories. Music for Yes to Employment is an original composition and performance by Sonny Seferati, the co-director and autistic self-advocacy mentor at The Musical Autist. You can learn more about The Musical Autist at www.themusicalautist.org. Be sure to keep Yes to Employment on your list. We'll have another episode on competitive integrated employment for you in the near future. Thank you.